listening to A to the K. 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 Wrestle Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. And now it's time for this week in wrestling. Carl, would you like to start us off with the raw results? Sure. I'll kick it off with the best show of the week. <laughs> no, let's start with Raw. <laughs> Anyone who's not watching on YouTube, <laughs> my head is shaking vigorously. Um, so, the rundown of the card for Raw this week. I shit you not. I, I talk about this. Not. I talk about this as a joke every week. But no, we have a guitar on a pole match. Because of course we do. Um, this actually happened. <laughs> Elias taking what? Jeff Hardy and a guitar on a pole match with Jeff Hardy picking up the win. Shock horror. Um, we have the women's tag titles on the line, Anthony. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on the formidable team of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke with the champions retaining. Shock horror. You see the enthusiasm in my face? Yeah. Yeah. You've never looked so excited. I'm um, so excited. Um, we had R Truth taking on Bobby Lashley, with Bobby Lashley picking up the win. Wasn't for Why? The just because he's not he's not put him in a half Nelson in a while. What's that for? Exactly, exactly. You know, must be, must be. Um, we carried on the Survivor Series qualifier matches with a triple threat of Keith Lee versus Sheamus versus Braun Strowman. Even though Keith Lee and Sheamus have already qualified, and oh, who knew Braun Strowman would would win the match? Okay. Because we didn't know that based on, you know, the fact it was a qualifier match and Braun Strowman was the only one who hadn't qualified. Um, (laughs) We then had, you know, Survivor Series teammates, one-on-one, Nia Jax taking on Lana. And Nia Jax won. This week was so, like, so good that they give us Nia Jax twice. They did. Nia Jax twice. And guess what else we got for for an additional time? Another Uh, table spot. I think this is number six, is it? I think it might be. I think it might be seven. Who knows? Might be seven. Who knows? Um, We also got the New Day taking on the Hurt Business with the Hurt Business picking up the win. Wait, so we got to see Bobby Lashley twice. (laughs) Well, he was there. He didn't wrestle in this match, but he was there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We got Ricochet taking on Tucker. Obviously. And it was a fucking squash match with Ricochet picking up the win. So... When Ricochet's squashing you. Bye bye, Tux. No offense. I've not um, I've not said anything about you in a long time, Ricochet, but like just where they put you on the card at the minute. If you're squashing people, they are squashed. Oh yeah. Our old friend of the show, Rick O'Shea. We've not done this in so long. So long. <laughs> I think um, he was the first one, wasn't he? He was. Poor Ricochet. Um and the main event, Anthony. Um surprisingly was a match this week. It wasn't actually a segment of like the, you know. A moment of bliss or anything. Um, but did it, like, carry on after the show ended? I mean, pff, as is tradition, of course it did. Because <laughs> we can't finish anything, you know, on time anymore. Um, but yeah, it was a two-on-one match with Drew McIntyre taking on Miz and Morrison. Miz and hey, Morrison. Hey. Oh, oh. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Um, and it was Drew McIntyre picking up the win, unsurprisingly. So, highlights, and they are few and far between. So, the opening of the show was the highlight, which is never a good thing. Um, so it was action-packed. Uh, Randy Orton come out, um, cut a really good promo, um, how he's no longer a legend killer. He's now a legend, and he's proven that by beating the likes of Drew McIntyre. Um, you know, but he's aware. He's got a target on his back. Pretty much name-dropped everybody. You know, The Fiend, um, Drew McIntyre, 
uh, Miz, everyone else who's kind of vying for him. Um, but then who comes out? Alexa. Ah. And for everyone's Echo device is going off right now. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, Alexa <laughs> <Do it again. laughs> comes out. Um, and yeah, basically, she comes out and like stares at Randy, all creepy-like as she is at the moment, and then goes, well, he could be here. And the Fiend music hits, and it's like, oh, it's the Fiend, it's the Fiend. And then nothing happens, and we turn around. Drew McIntyre comes out, and uh, it hits a claymore. Um, what, him and, him and McIntyre buddies now, so he lets him do stuff like that? Oh, exactly. Maybe, maybe that is the case. Um, but then, you know, Randy Orton's pretty much done. Drew McIntyre's like, yeah, I've hit me Claymore, I'm going to walk off. Then The Miz comes out to try and cash in his money in the bank. So as I said, it is action-packed for an opening. Um, but Drew comes back and goes, nah, you're not going to cash that in, throws him out. And the match doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> and technically, that's Drew's new mission. You're not going to cash <laughs> this in ever, exactly. I'm going to keep throwing you around. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes the new table spot where every week The Miz tries to cash in and Drew throws him out the ring. Um, <laughs> Drew just comes to schoolyard bully, steals his case <laughs> and throws it. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently it didn't count because the bell was never rung. Therefore, the cash in has not been. Um, of course, that yeah. needed explaining, so it probably wasn't the best. True, true. Um, and then another highlight, Anthony. I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I pop for it because when we did our um, WrestleMania kind of um, predictions of like dream cards or whatever, this is something I spoke about. And is this foreshadowing? Seamus asks Drew McIntyre to join the Survivor Series team because they are such good friends and they go way back. And Drew's like, do you know what, man? I'd love to team with you again, but I can't because I've got my sights set on getting that title back. Um, I want to see Drew Seamus. I want to see it. I want to see it. I've um I've not said a lot of great things about Seamus um since the inception of said podcast, but um that isn't anything to do with Seamus. He's he's a very talented guy. It's more the fact that like since he come back, they they had him randomly squash people from NXT, dislike Jeff for being Jeff, and then sort of join a group with Corbin. Like he hasn't. It's just poor booking, I suppose. I've been complaining about, but no, he's I I'd, I'd be up for that. Yeah, a bit different, a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, if if it happens, I'm definitely I'm definitely keen, <laughs> definitely keen to. Oh yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that was it for the highlights, Anthony. So well, that was quick. knee deep in the O'Shite. So I mentioned it as the first match of the night: a guitar and a pole match. Like Who'd I have they... thought they do an on the pole match. The amount we joke about that happening they as like one of the examples. They must be, but they don't seem to realise that we were listing that as kind of an example of a ridiculous <laughs> thing to do. Like, I feel like every time we, we, we chat about something and go, fucking hell, they are really bad at this, or, you know, this is awful, they go, like, it turns up the week after. Like, I'm not being funny. I reckon it's that Adam Pierce guy. I reckon he's sat there, because who knows what the fuck he does. I think he is just a podcast listener, and he's picked us up, he's listening to us, and he's going, pole matches? <laughs> oh, we could do guitar on a pole. And, like, yeah, it, mu- I mean, it must be, it must be. Is that true, Adam? <laughs> I guess, of course. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it it was fucking stupid. Like, I'm a, not a fan of on a pole matches anyway because you know it defeats. It kind of, like you 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 battle the whole way through a match, all the way to get to the to- get whatever's on top of the pole, and then you can like use it as a weapon or whatever. Like if it's if, if it's a pole match where you know you get to like that ends the match and it's it, it's kind of more favorable. But when it's like, oh, we've got a guitar on the pole and whoever gets the guitar off the pole first can use it as a weapon. It's like, well, 
okay, so it's a no DQ match. Why wait and get the fucking guitar at the pole? Go under the ring where there's fucking a gazillion weapons or just twat someone with a sledgehammer or a chair. Like, or it can only be hit by the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, what? So, I don't but know. for um, me, like, I don't like on a pole match at all. I think it's like it's like a discount ladder match, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they've got. Can we do this thing? Uh, I'm not getting the ladders out. They're all the way in storage. They can climb a pole. There's a pole. Okay. You know, it's just yeah. it's a just. I don't like it. it I just feel like it, it's got less stakes, hasn't it, than a than a ladder match? But it's essentially the same idea. Yeah, I think probably the funniest thing though of the whole <laughs> the whole night maybe um, was after the match. Byron Saxton is there, and he's like, well, hopefully this ends it now between Jeff Hardy and Elias. And it's like, fucking hell, mate. Same what we're all thinking here. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we hope it too. Like, fuck me. So yeah. who knows? Like, I like honestly hope it is the end. I think, you know, Jeff, since he's come back, has just been booked horrendously. He's been in some terrible angles around substance abuse and whatever. And now he's in this thing about fucking, well, it was Elias who was the one who fucking, you know, um, oh no, sorry, Elias after Jeff, isn't he? Going, you're the one who fucking ran me over or whatever. And yeah, it's just shit. He, he was after Jeff, but then Jeff made a point of interrupting his concert. Like, maybe maybe you can understand where he's coming from, Jeff, and maybe explain that you didn't hit him with your car. Oh well, yeah, I mean, that's never happened. Kind of the really. stupidest reason for a feud I've ever seen. I think he said it once, he was like, it's not me! But he didn't go, well, obviously it was Seamus. Here's all the, you know, facts. Yeah. It's the overwhelming amount of evidence. Yeah. Then also Elias is just like, no, no, it's definitely Jeff. And everyone's like, no, no, all the... No, it's definitely Jeff. So, yeah. It's just being honest, like, We're saying that there's no way you could have booked it. It's like, it's Jeff. And everyone's got, no, look, here's the overwhelming amount of evidence that it's not. And he's like, no, oh, it wasn't. And that's <laughs> the end of it. I take it all <laughs> back. Um, so Boy, is my face one. red. <laughs> the next one, Anthony, is we had the women's tag match, and it was fucking shite. So for some reason, Lana came down and was at ringside. Of course. Who knows what for, really? Like, I mean, she knows what her destiny is. Doesn't fight it anymore. <laughs> well, she came down um, for no reason whatsoever and stood there. Um, and then I'm guessing she was meant to be like trying to get one over on Naya, who, like, had put her through a table every week, but ultimately ended up costing uh, Mandy and Dana the match by accident, um, and then subsequently ended up going through a table again. So I mean, I can see what the long-term booking is here. I mean, come on, we've had Lana come out, get squashed by Nia Jax, get put through a table, 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 every time by Nia Jax. So they're clearly going to end up facing off with each other at a pay-per-view and the match is clearly going to be a ladder match. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, like, Who knows? I don't know. It, where do you go with this? It's not even like... It, it's very one Announce table it's on not a like we match. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, but no, like genuinely, like it, you can't even... At this point, it's been like seven times, possibly, maybe six. Like... There's no coming back from that, really, in terms of, like, that's it, I've had enough, let's have a match. Like, it just feels massively one-sided now. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'd like, I, I, I don't even want to speak about it for longer than it needs to. I just think, well, what was the point in it being out there anyway? doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, so, the next one, Anthony, is another R-Truth segment. And so, apparently, R-Truth accepted a match to fight Bobby Lashley. And so, he'd get interviewed, and he's like, no, no, no. I thought I was accepting to meet Bobby Boucher from the Water Boy. I want him to sign my water bottle. That is the most dated reference. 
<laughs> I have heard on Raw. I shit you not. I shit you not. I know. What can we do? do they we don't realise that. Adam Sandler's, 1999. Okay. Adam Sandler's been like out of the game that long that he's now trying to win a fucking Oscar. He's nowhere <laughs> exactly. near that shit anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Like, wow. Like, you don't really think it can't stoop any lower or get any worse. And then you're just like, really? Really? So, yeah. So, That's basically, shocking. when he thought he was going to meet Bobby Boucher, um, he's actually accepted a match against Bobby Lashley and he puts him in the Fall Nelson or the Hurt Lock as he's called it, and yeah, he goes to sleep. And then Drew Gulak comes down, he's going to use the opportunity to win the 24-7 title, Anthony, because he's already laid out. And do you know what? Lashley stops him and beats him up. But why? then you think, well, why would you do that? Are you going to win it? No, I'm going to beat him up, but then I'm going to put you on top of our truth anyway, and so you can win the title. And so Gulak wins the title, and then Lashley walks away. So again... Do you know what helps make your title look really good? Yeah. Have yeah. the big guy not even fucking interested. You have every opportunity in the world, titleless, to win something. Well, it's not titleless. You know, it's football. We forget he that. Could have, he could have um, like, literally <clears throat> pinned them both if he wanted to. It wouldn't have fucking mattered. Exactly. But yeah, I think that is the biggest, you know, disrespect ever, isn't it? To go, I could I could just win this off you now, but you know what? I'm going to beat the guy up who was going to pin you, and then I'm just going to let him pin you anyway because I'm just going to throw him on top of you. Like, wow. And it's funny because I still think the 24-7 title could be something if... They put it on a monster like Lashley, and it was mm-hmm. difficult to get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it could be. Even the shenanigans would make a bit more sense. But like, like our truth isn't like the most difficult to beat in the ring. Oh, that's how they book him. So why do people even need to resort to shenanigans to try and pin him out of nowhere? Just no beat idea. him in a match. They've just got it so wrong, haven't they? Like just they really have. Um, <laughs> speaking of fuck ups, um, so what a clusterfuck around this whole thing about. Who's going to captain Team Raw? Like, when is the captaincy of a Survivor Series team ever meant anything ever? But anyway, as is tradition... Wasn't it just like a glorified tag match? Yeah, pretty much, right? So, as is tradition, we're just going to go around, you know, everyone wants to be a captain for some reason. And so, Braun comes out and he's like, do you know what? The team needs these hands, because of course they do. And then Adam Pearce is like, well, you know, everyone's got to qualify. Um, and he's like, well, you know, the thing is, though, <laughs> like I can't... Imp- impression. <laughs> like, well, I can't... But the problem is, because you're so big and you got these hands, you can't find anyone, you know, to put you in and qualify with. So AJ's like, well, I don't know. Why don't we do a triple threat? between all the guys in the ring except me. And so Adam Pearce is like, that's a great idea. And then the worst line of, of, of the fucking... The whole year, probably, is Braun is like, well... They don't pay me to talk and throws the it's like, well, yeah, they do though. Like that is now, to be fair, that's one thing I'm pretty sure they didn't pay him for. Because they are <laughs> getting no, they ripped do. Off. He's just really bad at it. So they shouldn't pay him for it. Like they definitely pay him to talk, you just can't do it. Um yeah. so yeah. That's a fair point. If it's like they don't pay me by the word or something, it might be a bit more sense. But... <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it's the thing though. Does AJ's bodyguard not wrestle? I mean, I've never seen him wrestle. To be fair, I thought for a while that he was just Stormzy. Um, <laughs> Stormzy not wrestle. <laughs> I thought no, the reason I ask is because, like, storyline, it would have made more sense for AJ to weasel out of having to be in the match by putting his bodyguard in the match. Hmm. That would have made sense to me. But it was like, everyone but me, and it just makes it look like he's got a bit of favour curried with Adam Pearce for not having to be in the, involved. But um, why not throw the bodyguard in there? People want to see that anyway, two big guys go up against each other. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he might be a bit more Nathan Jones. Um, <laughs> well, you can do one spin kick and then disappear. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the match happens. Braun Strowman goes over, as expected, because every other fucker in the match had already qualified. Um, and then they have this weird little like loving, and they're like, oh, come on, guys. We're all going to be a team, so we need to handshake. And it's like, I'm not going to... And then Shame's like, I'm not going to handshake. I'm going to hug your fella. And they hug. And it's like, ah. And then all of a sudden, they all just start beating each other up. Um, and then AJ's left in the ring going, why can't we all just get along? And it's like, okay, fuck me. So just abandon who everyone is character-wise just for Survivor yeah. Series then? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so that happened. Then, Anthony, we got the Firefly Funhouse. Yes, we did. That that was fucking weird. It was, it was very weird. weird. So I've been quite over on Firefly Funhouse since it has come to Raw because, let's be honest, I don't fully watch SmackDown for all the hours because Actually, you we haven't got enough time. So I skim the ones I'm not designated to talk about. Um, and I've always sort of enjoyed Firefly, uh, Firefly Funhouse, especially earlier on, um, but it's always been decent. Um, this one, however was weird. Now, it was still good. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was pretty decent all the way up until the end. So, you know, the things that I enjoyed, so there was, like, the swear jar for Abby, and, like, the fuck and all that kind of stuff, and they can't say it, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Orton flashbacks to when, obviously, it was the whole um, Bray Wyatt Orton thing was good as well. Mm. But then it was like, I don't know, Alexa has been so good in this role, and just this one segment just fucked it. It was just like, I've been practicing a new trick. Insert, like, fucking... <laughs> I'm trying to... The fucking fruit winder or something it's called. It fucking just, like, flops out of her mouth and, like, falls onto the floor. I'm meant really to be a certain tongue. we were meant to believe it was a tongue. Exactly. And it's like, all right. And then, you know, Bray's like, oh, shit! And it, like, gets bleaked out. And it's like, okay. All right, then. And for oh. someone who's got a catchphrase that's yowie wowie, that... Why Why did you say oh, <laughs> Exactly. Oh, shit. You were not missed the beat. Yeah. Um, well, no, that was really weird and out of place I don't even know whose mind that came out of but it was it was bad it was so bad um, but at least we're not focusing on Wobbly Walrus that's the main thing well for now no he's dead I mean they've made the puppet Anthony he's coming back no, he's, de- he's dead he's coming back no, he's dead he's dead <gasps> he's behind you no um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Naya so nice we won her twice we get Naya Jax versus Lana in a additional match of the evening. Um, and all in all, my sentiment is, just fuck off, really. Because, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, why are you there? You can think about fucking off. Because I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it, Anthony. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't, I don't get it. Right? I don't get it. Meanwhile, you know, while the match is going on, or slightly before the match, I forget. You have, like, people talking about, well... What's going to happen in the match between Naya and, and and Lana? Like we know, <laughs> it's only been booked a fucking minute ago. But okay, you got time to interview people. And who have you got? The fucking the brand new spanking tag team of fucking Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. It's like, ah, oh, why are and these guys? Mentioned this before, but I'm like, we spoke f- about it. But why? Like you've had the Iconics. Why are you doing this? Why have you got <laughs> Lacey, who's going to be a bona fide main eventer? I'm telling you now, right? Listen, Ed, if you are listening to this, Adam Pierce. Vince, Shane, Triple H, fucking Tim from Catering. I don't care, right? If you're listening, the money match is Charlotte and Lacey Evans at WrestleMania. That's your money match. Build it. It happened, right? If you build it, 
<laughs> if you build it. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh, you should have pre-warned me, really. <laughs> if you build it, we will enjoy it. Yes. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, make that match happen, please. You'll make us all real happy. Um so anyway, that's all I've got to say about that. But yeah, she yeah. goes to a table for a seventh, Anthony. It was seven. Seven! As Monica would say. Seven <laughs> nice. times through the table. Um, and I just don't care anymore, to be honest. Like, I mean, I didn't care to begin with. And like After seven, yeah, I couldn't care any less at this point. Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, it's nice that Lana holds a record. <laughs> well, yeah, true. true. <laughs> um, we also got, Anthony, New Day versus The Hair Business. And the question I've got is, well, what was the point, really? Because, you so know... New, new Day could be childish. Yeah. And we saw this on SmackDown as well, but, like, in reverse. But I just, the whole point of it was what? Because it was really easily, like, telegraphed what was going to happen. Because by this point, MVP and Lashley are both wearing suits. Because MVP was never going to wrestle. Lashley had already wrestled. So it was like, well, we're going to have a tag team match against... Two of you. And it's like, well, what about the guys who are still in fucking gear? You <laughs> Any dickheads. two will do. <laughs> Any two. It's like, oh, these guys who are dressed and ready to go? Awesome, right? Um, how lucky. But yeah, so that was that was shit. Um, and <laughs> for Tucker, right? So I called this. I definitely called this you once did, the final yeah. the group split up. But oh my God, I didn't think it would be literally the week later. What a Why fall. wouldn't they just let him disappear? Was, right? So it would have been kinder to let him disappear from TV. Effectively, now he is enhancement talent. He didn't get an entrance. He didn't really get any kind of mention or build up whatsoever. His ring gear he changed his name. <laughs> he lo- <laughs> well, I'm guessing he's called Tucker Knight now because he's got Knight printed on his ass. So it's like, well, why would that be there unless his name's Tucker Knight? Well, he had, he had the could- day on the front, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he's called Day Knight. Day Shaw for David. Um, David Knight. Yeah. That works, David I think. Um, Day, and his middle name, Vid. Um, but yeah, like, he was wearing these, like, I don't, I don't know if you remember these. There was there was a phase, especially in the UK, where all the women wore these, like, fashion pants. And they were black pants with, like, red and white stripes up the side, right? And that was, like, the fashion pant. And basically, Tucker... No, uh, I don't remember that. Tucker's got them on now as well. So he's finally come round to the fashion... Um, and interestingly, he's pretty much got the same ring gear on as Rey Mysterio had on a fucking SmackDown for some reason. So, work that out. But, Sail on. yeah, I just thought, oh my God. And then, wouldn't you know it, Ricochet fucking squashes the shit out of him. It literally lasted less than 30 seconds. He battered him, pinned him, done. So, I'm pretty time, sure Tucker... Ricochet was the Lesnar. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure T- Tucker's fucking off back to developments because, yeah, um, wow, what yeah. a burial. Like... I knew it, it didn't bode well for him when it when he left. Um, what's it called? Heavy Machinery. Yeah. What's the guy called? Otis. Otis, yeah. I knew it didn't bode well for him when he left Otis. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting a squash from Ricochet and a pretty much a fucking pile driver into development. So, yeah. yeah. I'm calling it now, though. I think it's going to be a, a much less um, immediate, but a definite squash for Otis as well going forward. He's going to disappear. He's got the slight more amusement than Tucker, but he's going to disappear as well. Vince is not interested with those toys anymore. He's got new toys. I mean, he changes his mind quite a bit, and um, based on what happened to Otis with the money in the bank, and subsequently the SmackDown match he had this week, I think you could be right. 
Mm. Um, and then the final main event of the evening, Anthony, was the two-on-one. Um, and let's be honest, Drew was never going to lose this match, so it was pretty underwhelming. Um, and then after the match, we had an RKO. And then, yeah, Bray, Bray does like this weird laugh. And it's like, okay. Weirder than usual, or? That weird well, laugh he does. Just that weird one he does. And then that was raw. And so, all in all, Anthony, I think looking at it, I've managed to, to find or scrape two highlights out of what was a pretty terrible fucking show. And I'm surprised Three hours, guys. because Three I've hours. been rating this show much higher since the draft than I had been previously. But this show was like a fucking return to form, I tell you. It was painful. And so for me, it doesn't even get one. It gets 0.5. I'm going to be with you on the 0.5 purely because, right, again, and not to make this all like a whole agenda out of this, but like people moan about AEW and the, the way they treat women, right? When you look at how stacked the women's roster is for WWE, this is right. not respecting women, like yeah. because they, they choose to just totally fuck this shit up, right? Where's Naomi? Where's Nikki Cross? You know, where, where are these other people who were drafted who could get a bit of airtime? Like, yeah. why did we have to see Nia Jax twice? No offense, Nia, but like, what? Why was that a thing? Like, we, I mean, we I'm drafted... still baffled by the fact that we haven't seen Naomi because she is a standout in that division, and exactly. she'd been treading water up. for ages her in SmackDown. Business. Her business, I, yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty fucking sick. But yeah, we haven't seen her. Yeah, we've yet to see her at all. But we can have like loads of Lana and Nia Jax. Fucking points. Uh, at least say they're doing something with Alexa, but she's not exactly wrestling these days. No, it's an absolute fucking travesty. And you ruined SmackDowns were in division, so I don't know what I'm going to do with that now. You ruined so it. We all. can't have nice things. So, yeah, I'm going with 0.5 as well, I reckon. Okay. Well, tell us about NXT. Will do. So, as far as the card goes, Carl, we, uh, we opened the nights with Ember Moon going up against Dakota Kai, with uh, Dakota Kai taking the win. We saw Cameron Grimes go up against Kushida, with Kushida taking the win. We saw Drake Maverick and Killian Dane going up against Everise, which ended in a no contest. We then go right over, understandably, given the situation, which I'll explain, to a Pat McCaff and his new cronies promo. We then have a match between Shotzi Blackheart and Tony Storm, with Tony Storm taking the win. We then get a promo from Jake Atlas, a segment from uh, Tim Thatcher, a promo from Zia Lee, all one after the other for some fucking reason. And then we end the night with Tommaso Ciampa going up against Velveteen Dream in a match that nobody wanted to see. Uh, maybe they were. I didn't want to see it, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, we saw Tommaso take the win. Mm-hmm. So, as far as highlights go, Carl, uh, I'll get it out of the way now. Pat McCaff or McAfee. I, I don't know the website. I always wonder. Um, I'm going to go with McAfee. It just feels better. Pat McCaff and his new stable he's forming. You know what? I dare say, Pat, and you might disagree, Carl. You have a much more extensive knowledge on people who weren't wrestlers who became wrestlers, right? But as far as I can see, he's one of the best ones I've seen where they've come in and they've had talent in every aspect. You might say he's a bit over-energetic or a bit over... He probably will calm down on the promo front, but he can cut a promo, and we've seen him in the ring, uh, albeit very limited, but we've seen him in the ring, so we know he's got the chops to do this, and I honestly think he can be somewhere in this business, which you don't often see with people who've transitioned into wrestling. Like Normally, they're, they're quite lacking, and a lot of the time, they don't make it. But I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy the promo. Again, probably could be a bit cleaner, a bit tidier, a bit less rambly, but... Who am I to talk about people rambling? Um, and they actually genuinely sort of sold me on why Pete Dunne is against um, O'Reilly and why um, 
the only Lorcan and Danny Birch are against uh, undisputed. Today. They all had their sort of motives, and it just built everything up in in the right way. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think it's a good way of actually getting undisputed Era a bit of relevance when it comes to a feud because they were kind of floundering as well. So um, all in all, the Pat McCaff stuff, yeah, on board for that. Yeah. Good I mean, big I think I think I've been quite impressed with him. I think to your point of people who've transitioned over into the sport, he's definitely up there. Um, mm. You know, the match he had was uh, fantastic with Adam Cole, and you know the stuff he's done on the mic and in terms of his presence has been up there as well. So yeah, fair play to the guy. Like I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I've said before, I don't really know who the fuck he is. Um, but you know, he seems to be popular and big over there. And that's the thing. well, he's he's he is a he's a big American star, isn't he? I, I, I want to say it's American football, which is probably why we don't know him all that well. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, he's doing a tremendous job. And like, I, I'm curious how you feel about it because um, one of the matches was Killian Dane versus um, not versus with Drake Maverick going up against Everrise. And when I saw the card, I was a bit like this again because we've seen it a few times, right? Um, but then like the whole the whole way they did their promo was just sort of interrupting that they don't give a fuck about that match kind of thing and the the injured Killian Dane ultimately and and it looks like they might be building a ta- like a, maybe a mini feud before Undisputed Era make their return um with Killian Dane and Drake Maverick having issues with them but um even that I thought was it was executed really well I didn't feel like they did the right match because I didn't feel like I lost anything because it's a match we've already seen as well yeah you know? I mean I think it probably makes sense because I don't I don't really know what the deal is with Adam Cole whether it's like a real injury or not but I feel like it would make sense to put them with lesser-known competition to establish themselves ahead of yeah. that big rivalry. So. This is where you can do a squash, right, isn't it? Because you show a bit of dominance and then it gets your team across. Not just random squashes because you don't know what you want to do with them just yet. You know, you, you just which is another one we'll talk about in my own shit. Um But yeah, all in all, I think it, they've done a stellar job there. Uh, so much credit to them. Now, this is more hopeful thinking on my part, my next highlight, Carl. And my only highlight after that, actually, but... Um, Shotty Blackheart. She had her tank stolen and her tank ran over. Why is that a highlight? Because I think they might be dropping the whole tank thing. And I think this is a good sign because I like Shotty Blackheart. She's really good in the ring. She's definitely got something. And she's proved that in the last few months. But I often, every week, I think, Carl, I mention the Howland's a bit daft and cringy and so is the tiny tank. And now we don't have the tiny tank. And I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that they're going to push it into more of a less gimmicky and more legitimate good wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So hopeful I mean, thinking, but a highlight. Yeah, I think it would do a it would do a good to get rid of the things that you know I've been quite critical of it, like about her. Um, she doesn't need the tank. She doesn't need a howl. She doesn't need anything else. You know, she has got something which is unique. It's a different look, and if she put herself into it and just showcased her talent, I think she'd get over it a lot yeah. more than whatever else she's been doing. Yeah. No, it's funny because like. We, you've cited a few times with AEW that um, Cody's matches are overproduced. Mm. I think that's the first time I've seen a wrestler be overproduced. Like everything about it, like just just calm everything down a little bit. Yeah, and then Agreed. I think it's like you can just enjoy you as a wrestler. It just, I think for me, none of it really makes sense. It's like why are you driving a tank? Why are you wearing a helmet? Why are you howling? Like none of it makes sense. And I think you know, I'm I'm prepared to you know suspend this belief in wrestling. You know, we've seen that with. Many characters over the years, many a situation, but there's nothing which has made me go with Shotty. Oh yeah, of course she's someone who wears a helmet, drives a tank, and howls. Like there's there's, there's nothing there. So I've I've tried to make connections. I'm like, is the tank anything to do with the the sort of Degeneration X uh, war with WCW back in the day? But there's no real reference to it properly. You know, mm. is the helmet with the horns on? Is that kind of an army thing? I don't know. 
does she howl? Like, I, I, I really don't know what the howling's about. But uh, yeah, like you say, it's all just like, let's throw a few different things in there and, and build build a memorable character by having everything. Which mm. is why you made that Create Wrestler shout at the Royal Rumble. And it was fair. <laughs> that was how I used to create wrestlers back in the day. No, I mean, in fairness, that that is still valid. And it, it's not like, a, not like a slight on Shotty, but... Like, the first time I saw her, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I think the point you raise now is, like, just so overproduced. And, like, even then, she wasn't come down in a tank. So yeah. It's like, if anything, they, I saw her and was like, well, who the fuck is this? And then he pushed it up another level. And it's like, well, sack all that off. You know, you're clearly talented. We've seen the stuff you've done. But this is the thing. The more we watch her, the more talented we realize she is. Exactly. So it's yeah. just like it just was almost like a distraction before. for you and me, especially. It was almost like a distraction we had to get past before we realised she was really yeah. good. Yeah. So it, it has a negative effect sometimes as well. Mm. So that was my last highlight, Cal. Um, as much as it was just moaning for a little bit, um, I just I think they're heading the right direction story-wise. Yeah. Um, as far as the Oshites go, right? We had uh, Cameron Grimes going up against Kushida, and I was disappointed in this because they didn't have Kushida go over him as clean as I would have liked. They're trying to book Kushida at the minute, as you know, as coming back with a you know, proper bit of seriousness and a bit of force to him and, and dominating where he can. And Grimes was the perfect person to, to go over on. Didn't have to be a full-on squash, but he could have just won decisively. But instead, we had Cameron Grimes still freaked out by zombies for some reason. Like, despite it, it was a gimmick last week. Let it go, man. So um, we had the shenanigans with the referee, which led to uh, Kushida taking the win but based on a distraction so it wasn't really a loss for Cameron you know I just I didn't like that I would have preferred a much cleaner more decisive win for someone who they're trying to book so strong at the minute anyway seemed a bit odd yeah good um, again not to be too critical because it was still a good match but we saw Shotty Blackheart going up against Tony Storm um, with a couple of noticeable botches now I don't believe this was story wise but they tried to make it seem that way it's like oh she's so emotional and distracted over a tank that's why it happened but you can't you can't story-wise botch um, the way they did. Like uh, she tried to, uh, Shotzi tried to leap over the top rope and tripped on it. And you can't, that's a bit of a dangerous thing to, to book. So I, I truly believe that was a botch. The next one was, um, she's done it uh, again, Shotzi. I think this was more the fault of Tony Storm, this one, but she, she did a head scissors to the, um, to the corner turn buckle. And she'd done the head scissors and landed before Tony even moved. And I'm like, mm. Okay, yeah, your response to that head scissors was a bit fucked as well. Um, so just a couple of noticeable botches, and and you know, uh, Tony Storm's been out of the ma- uh, out of the match, out of the uh, the game for a little bit. So there'll be a little bit of ring rust there, and um, you know, sometimes accidents happen. So you know, Shotzi tripping, it's just one of them, isn't it? But um, again, for a match that was expecting to be really good and was really good, just probably just a couple of obvious botches that maybe detracted from it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it's fair. Uh, it- it's not nice to see, is it? I think if you're watching something and you see like quite a significant botch, you kind of like oh, and like it takes away from the match. Then, like you know, we've seen it a few times, and it's not just WWE. Like you know, a prime example is Matt Seidel in AEW. It was like his big, he's the Joker, and he's come out and he just fucks up his first thing he does. It just yeah. takes the full steam out of the match. So yeah, I think for the fact that there was a couple of things that didn't land in this wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't ideal, you know, especially for like Tony, who's coming back into, you know, into the scene after so long out. And then for Shotzi, who's trying to establish herself, it just was a shame, really, that it had Especially, I think maybe because I was worried I was being a bit unfair because this had the potential to be a really good match as well. Mm. And it it wasn't a bad match, but um, yeah, just those things caught me eye. And you know me, Carl, I'm not one for um, spotting botches or that. 
well. Do you know what I mean? If you know what I mean, like you, you probably spot them more than I do when we're watching. You do, in all fairness. But um, I think you're you're more attuned to the um, to the in the ring style. I think probably because of the wrestling experience you've had, um, mm. that you'll usually spot a botch before I will. So um, for me, I was like, if I'm spotting them, they're fairly obvious. So, <laughs> so um, again, another O'Shea. This is purely a personal preference, I think, Carl. Um, so I'm interested to know how you feel about it because. We had like a bit of a backstage thing where Jake Atlas attacks um, Santos Escobar's cronies, whose names escape me, so I'm just going to call them the cronies, uh, with a steel pipe. Um, and obviously the he didn't do anything to Escobar. Escobar saw what happened, but the, the building towards this rematch. And the point I want to make with it is, does anybody rematch? I didn't. No. I, I I could not be asked. Like the bit, they're actually building story around it, which is good, and they might they might build it up to a point I'm interested. But right now, the match was over fairly quick anyway. When we saw it previously, it, it there was some shenanigans, but it didn't really need a rematch. I'm just I'm not I'm not asked whether Jake Atlas and Santos Escobar go up against each other again. So I was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. Same. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> same. I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I can say it any better myself. Um, just kind of one of those things. It was like, all right, okay, no one asked for this, but yeah. Go, go for it. Um, other stuff that no one really wants. Um, we had another segment of Thatch as Thatch Can, which is a stupid name, and I just don't think they know what they're doing with Tim Thatcher anymore. Like he, he bullied I'm sure someone. They really knew what they were doing with him ever. To be honest, post Riddle. Well, this yeah. is the thing. Like they had something with the Riddle thing, and that seems to be the only viable feud for him. Um, and apologies because never wrote the guy's name down. But, you know, it looks like he's going to go into a match with this, um, the one who sort of attacked him in, in Thatcher's Thatch can. But, um, and I think we've seen them up against each other before, but his name does escape me. But again, I'm like, I just don't think there's any direction for Tim Thatcher at the minute. So I I'm, I'm a bit worried for his future in WWE, I'll be honest. Yeah, I just I feel like he lacks a lot of the core like characteristics of being a main event WWE superstar. He just, he just doesn't have them. Like, Sure, he's got like a solid fundamentals and like shootish kind of style, but other than that, like he's, he's dry. He's got no character, and outside some sort of like you know crazy deathmatch type scenario, there's not much there. So you see, I think this is the problem, and I think this is what they're experimenting with now. I think this is their attempt at some sort of character work for him, where he's doing these things, where he's showing you how to do locks and how to get out of locks and stuff. But it's not, it's not landing. I'm really no. Could be a personal preference, but I, I don't know. I'm not sold on them. No, same. And uh, my last one, Carl, and I'm curious how you feel about this because you love a good uh, mystery, is um, all this stuff with Zia Lee, where mm. um, that is it, Boa or whatever, give her a letter the other week and we were like, who was the letter about? And then they were speaking to her this week and she's like basically not giving away what the letter's about, but then she got another letter. And it's like, okay, so are we going to get anything to help progress this or are we just going to mm. see you get your mail every week now like i'm not ah bills again damn it but this is like they're obviously building to something but the, the, at this point the build feels way too slow because this didn't really build anything yeah it's still just the mystery letter and it's like okay um maybe some sort of hint at what it might be but how do you because you're always a sucker for a good mystery are you are you curious what the secret letters are about or why she wants to have a rematch with um who's the one who's not mercedes martinez raquel gonzalez Wants to have a rematch with Raquel Gonzalez. Um, um, so, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not that intrigued now. To be honest, I don't think they've handled it like in a way that I'm like, ooh, just like, oh, like I mean, similar to what you said, it's like, oh, she's getting mail. It's like, well, what does it mean? Like, who's it going to be? Um, <laughs> it's a real one week. It's like you may already be a winner. It's like, oh, 
I mean, to be fair, it's probably going to be Mercedes Martinez, and yeah. Who do you think? Well, I honestly don't know. To be honest, has she got a history of Mercedes Martinez? Because um, I don't. No, but I'm just thinking. I'm not seeing... She's the only one who's got nothing planned because she was in retribution and then wasn't. I'll take your point. Left, so it's it like, could well, be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if anyone, if anyone's going to come out of left field, I'm like, yeah, be yeah. Okay, I'm going to call it. I'm just going to throw a wild one out there. Let's let's have a think. Who's missing at the minute? Not missing, right? But I'm going to throw a wild one out there that it's going to surprise us all. And Io Shirai has been been hassled mm. via post because that's how people communicate these days. The post. <laughs> yeah, uh, got just got a telegram. And then we're going to be all surprised because it's going to propel Zia Lee into a title match. Interesting. Yeah. Let us, let us ref, like refer back to this in the <laughs> not so distant future. And see. When I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm wrong as well. But, you know. <laughs> um, right. So for me, rating wise, um, okay, I never had a lot of highlights, and I had probably had more O'Shites. But at the same time, it was a good week. It was a good card. A couple of matches I went overly enamored with. I feel the construct the the construct, should I say properly, of the the night was a bit odd to have promo, 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 promo. It felt a little bit promo heavy, but nevertheless, it wasn't bad. But I'm going to land it firmly in the middle um, because of the amount of negatives I'm able to pull from it. So I'm going to give it a two and a half this week rather than a three. Okay. Um, for me, it is a two. Um, I, I don't know whether because I'm just not as invested in it on a weekly basis because it's not like my show to watch. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just not... That, like I thought the Pat McCaff stuff was good. I thought, um, to be honest, I thought the main event was all right as well. Like I know we didn't really speak about it loads, but I thought oh, to the main be honest, event like was all right. I think the thing because I haven't mentioned it in my highlights or my shites, and the reason for that is because it was neither. Yeah, I haven't come out of it like ah, oh, that was a really good. I need to mention that in my highlights, and I, I wasn't offended by it. No. So yeah, it wasn't bad, but it just never hit any radars for me. I suppose. Yeah, I just um, I don't know. I can't I can't give it middle of the road because I think you'll find out um, based on my next score. Uh, no spoilers, obviously. But yeah, um, we'll see why. <laughs> That's fair. So speaking of your next spoilers, shall we talk dynamite, Carl? Let's talk dynamite. Um, absolutely no spoilers ahead of this. No, uh, this show. Um, but no, I want. I'm not gonna like spend too much time talking about it because obviously. It was ahead of the pay-per-view. This was like the go-home show for the pay-per-view. And so, yeah, um, I won't dwell on it too much. But the card yeah, itself is we got um, MJF and Wardlow uh, versus Sammy Guevara and Ortiz kicking off the show, which is a nice surprise. Um, and MJF and Wardlow went over. We had Miro taking on Trent in the feud against sure. the arcade <laughs> with Miro taking the win in that one. We had the private party taking on the Young Bucks with the Young Bucks picking up the win. We had Nyla Rose taking on Red Velvet with Nyla Rose picking up the win. And the main event was the Dark Order, consisting of Cockabana, John Silver and Ten, taking on Cody and the Gun Club, who are now part of the Nightmare family, with um, those guys picking up the win. Not to um, go off on a tangent already, did you know that both of um, Billy Gunn's kids are, are in AEW now? Who's his other kid? Exactly. Um, now, if you if you go onto the Gun Club's Instagram, um, it consists of, of three of them. I can't remember his other son's name, but there's three of them in the Gun Club now, both of his kids. Well, damn. No, I did not. Small world. So it's not just Big Austin. Oh, I think in this instance, it was Austin mm. as part of the Gun Club. But yeah, his other son's part of it now too. Well, you know what? We're not just a news channel. We are a breaking news channel because I did not know this at no. all. So, And why are they not called the Young Guns? I don't know. Just makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense, actually. The young bucks versus the young gun. I like it. 
Um, but yeah, so that was the rundown on the card. In terms of highlights, so it was still a pretty highlight-heavy show, but there were a few mm. things that, you know, did kind of need talking about from a negative standpoint. But if you go for the highlights, so epic start to the show, as has become the norm for AEW. So obviously it was Sammy Guevara um, and Ortiz taking on Wardlow and MGF. And you know what? Guevara looked amazing in this match. And I don't know why. I don't know whether it's the whole feud he's had with Mahardi or whatever. And the fact we haven't really seen him in proper matches in a while. But he just reminded me of like how fucking good he is. He's such a talent. Mm. No, I think so he's, had a, he's had a bad few months, in mm. all fairness. Like for like all the controversy around the Matt stuff, um, being suspended for a while and so on. Yeah. So, in terms of in-ring work, he's, he's not been able to showcase anywhere near as well. No, and I think, to be honest, he's not really had the opportunity because he's been working this programme with Matt. Um, outside that, he's not really wrestled, has he? And I think the stuff he'd done with Matt was more hardcore kind of violent style. So it's nice yeah. to see him back in the ring doing a proper wrestling match. And yeah, To be honest, just... it reminded me of when I first started watching AEW mm. and there was yeah. this young lad and it's like, fuck, he's, he's really good, who is he? Well, yeah, like, exactly. He echoed that because he was always got, really good um... in the ring, to be fair. I've got a video um, of myself and my son watching the first episode of Dynamite and it's Cody versus um, Sammy Guevara um, and we're there watching it and even my, like I think it must be like one and a bit at the time maybe, yeah. maybe nearly two um, and he's there just going, oh no. And then like, he's, he's like, it's like he's watching it and he's just thinking like even then he knows Sammy Guevara is the shit. Um, so yeah, I think I got kind of memories of that um, again just seeing him back yeah. in a ring back doing and what he does best when and we can eventually get them you know your, your son can have a Sammy Guevara action figure <laughs> well exactly whenever they are available and Sammy you are also a friend of the show you've given us a shout out already and you know we didn't get one from the likes of Jungle Boy or from the likes of Marco Stunt as you already said we chose you we wanted because you, you are to be the one God. to shout us out so yeah exactly hope you've cleaned up your place by now, thanks again for letting <laughs> us know and giving us the insight on that. But yeah, you know what? So, we're quite AEW friendly in general, so you know, if you want to come on the show, that's cool. I mean, that is true, that is true. We have had Thunder Rosa, who is AEW friendly, we've had your we've pal had Griff Garrison, Griff Garrison, who is firmly He's on AEW your vlogs, exactly. Come on, Sammy, come on. Um, so yeah, so in terms of the, the first match, I thought it was fantastic, excellent opening. Um, you know, great showing from Sammy Guevara, who we haven't seen in you know a while, be able to showcase his talent in a proper way. Um, so really, really good. And um, we then got to see in the audience there was you know Matt Hardy dressed as Serpentico, um, who hit Sammy with a chair, um, and that obviously took Sammy out the match. Uh, and then you know MJF managed to get the armbar uh, for the win on Ortiz. So. You know, again, not taken away from MGF. I thought he was fantastic as always. Uh, the stuff ahead of the match as well. So, um, you know, ahead of everything starting, there was like this little weird thing where Jericho was backstage talking to the interviewer around he's going to be on commentary tonight and so on and so forth. And MGF comes out and them two have like a little bit of a spat. And it was a nice subtle way to kind of progress their feud. But yeah, MGF obviously is fantastic in the ring and he didn't really have a load of time to show those traits but uh yeah i thought he did a fantastic job and just an awesome opening to the show which is i think it's what we've come to expect from dynamite over the past uh, yeah they do know how to open a show in all fairness definitely um so the next one so the miro match was fine it wasn't anything to necessarily write home about i would say you know i think the outcome was always going to be yeah miro is going to win 
um, mm. because <laughs> there's no reason for him to lose. Um, but I think this is the first time Miro has looked really, really good in AEW. Like, he's looked, you know, all right. Obviously, he's come across, we know his reputation as Rusev. We know the work he's been able to do with like the Cena at Mania and you know some of the bigger feuds he's had, and he's definitely got the potential yeah. there. And um, this is the first time he's looked really, really good. I, I, I think he looked strong, yeah. agile, athletic, and it's I don't know, it's everything we come to know and love from you know Miro as a character. This is it's reassuring in a way. It's a good sign, and mm. like you say, it wasn't anything to write home about. But what was starting to bug me a little bit with Miro was everything seemed to be echoed around the fact of like, oh yeah, you know, he was, uh, he was released from WWE and controversy, controversy. And it's like, and we know he can go in the ring, but I want him to start building up as a wrestler in AEW. I don't want mm. to constantly be reminded of the fact that he was WWE and there's this controversy and that controversy around it and, and all the Lana stuff and his Lana being punished. I don't want that to be the focus. I want to focus on the fact that he's really talented and, yeah. This wasn't, like you say, it wasn't a you know a big memorable match, but I'm hoping it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, same. And I think hopefully it is because you know it's the first time since he's kind of come across the way you think, okay, this is this is Miro, this is someone that can get behind, and he's going to go on to be something bigger in AW, which we've always known. You know, he had the capability to do. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, there was a bit during the commercial break where the Dark Order comes out, and obviously Orange Cassidy was at ringside. Um, supporting Trent and yeah there's a bit of like scuffle and so on and so forth but it kind of went towards a commercial break as well so we didn't really get to see it so I can't really take it away but I think if if it would have had to be kind of um, if it would have been so in our face actually during the show it might have ended up as an O-shite but the fact it wasn't and it was just kind of alluded to I think it was a good decision because it shows that stuff does happen during commercials and it didn't take away from the show it wasn't all about Dark Order and Orange Cassidy gave these guys an opportunity to put on something. So yeah, I thought it was um I thought it was good. Yeah. I like it. Um <clears throat> then I think again interview segments is something that they've been doing quite well, I think, of late AW. Um and we had different segments from Kenny Omega and from Hangman. And both of them I thought were quite good. So Kenny was coming like to this from like quite an arrogant approach of well, he's the best wrestler, he's not really lost. And, you know, he did that tag team thing for a while, but he's a singles wrestler and he's the best wrestler in the world. So blah, 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 blah. And then obviously the flip side to that was Hangman, who was there quite visibly intoxicated. He'd had quite a few too many whiskeys. And yeah, he was uh, he was almost fearful. So JR kind of called him out and was like, well, you know, you, you, you kind of say all this, but is this what you, what you believe? And he was like, well, do you know what? No, I'm a... <clears throat> I, you know, I am worried, kind of thing, and it was, it was nice to see. And I think it was. A, I've been quite critical on the fact that this didn't have the build that I would have expected because, for me, on paper, Omega Hangman, with the fact they were a tag team and they lost the belts and they kind of imploded, nothing really happened from that implosion. Yeah, and it was Agreed. something that I wanted to see kind of foster itself into this. And just never like really materialized. It was like, okay, well, it's imploded. And so Kenny's gone his own way. And Hangman's like, still wants to be a tag team star, sort of. And Kenny's like, no, I'm a singles guy. But it just didn't do enough. I, I would have liked to see a bit more intensity and a bit more anguish mm. between the two of them. But we just never got to see it, unfortunately. But I think video packages like this did help get me more yeah. hyped for it than I initially was. So, yeah, all in all, I thought it was good. And I, it was good to see the, the like, Omega was super confident and Hangman was a bit like, 
you know, fucking hell, I've not been towards the top in a while and I'm going up against Kenny Omega and I'm, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. So yeah, I don't know. I, I quite liked it to be fair. I'm with you on that. And speaking of good promos, um, Taz, so he came out and he cut another good one to be fair. Um, and I don't know, he's been quite hit or miss for me in terms of his promo work. I think most of the time he's good, but sometimes he just comes out and starts rambling and you're just like, fuck you on about. Um, but this one I was think, more... Um, it's a classic example though, and I mention it with uh, a lot of um, WWE stuff. When they want them to do a promo, but it's just for promo's sake. And I think that's yeah. when Taz becomes a bit of a rambler. Um, and I've mentioned it. It's not just Taz. Like Damien Priest is one, I think, who suffers so much from the fact that they want him to cut promos when he's got nothing to say. And yeah. I think that doesn't help. Whereas when Taz is impassioned about something or they're heading towards something, then you can get a bit more out of it. And I think that's what really helped this, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I think that's like super fair. Um, their kind of storyline, um, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks has been a bit, I don't know, a bit hit and miss in terms of where they're going to go. Um, and so Taz has come out quite a few times and been like, well, don't really know what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to make a case yeah. for them guys. Whereas this one was kind of like, well, do you know what? You know, AW factors in records and apparently you're quite big on this whole, you know, sports presentation and, and win losses and all that kind of stuff matter. And do you know what? We've got Brian Cage, um, who's... 10 in one in his last 11 and you know Ricky Starks similar as well so you know just just so you know there's going to be an FTW presence of full gear it's like oh, okay so even though you're not booked in anything you're going to be there you're going to get involved in something so it's like well what's that going to be so yeah you like know what? I like the fact that they worked in because a lot of people are critical with AEW for that mm. having the um the point system but then not really following it or abiding to it. But if they're going to use it in that sense, like they've built to the fact that like you really, you know, that's part of his gripe now, 10 and yeah. one and a similar record for Ricky Starks, but that doesn't mean anything to you. So you're still playing favorites. So they're still looking at that corruption and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. We're using it as a work now because it is really difficult to keep to numbers and have exciting matches because the stats don't really favor the, the bookings half the time, but fuck it. We'll work with it. It works. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we also got the Young Bucks taking on Private Party as, I guess, a bit of a tune-up match ahead of the tag title match. Um, like, let's be honest, these guys are never going to put on a bad match, are they? So, obviously, we knew it was going to be good, and it was. It was great. It was it delivered. Um, ahead of the match, Sammy got revenge for earlier in the night with Mahardy um, causing that distraction. So, he took out Hardy with his uh, twist of fate, using his own finishing move. Nice little um, touch. Which was... A nice little touch, I should say. Um, and yeah, Matt Jackson kind of sold the knee, the ankle the whole time. Um, so basically... Nick, that weren't selling. <laughs> well, exactly. His whole <laughs> leg pretty much is going to fall off. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's there just going, yeah, I'm definitely not dying. Um, yeah, so Nick uh, Jackson had to pretty much carry the whole match and ultimately ended up picking up the win. Um, after the match, FTR came out and they beat them down. So kind of cementing their heel status, which I thought was interesting because Young Bucks haven't exactly been faces at the they've been super kicking everyone and yeah, it's intensity, blah blah blah, but it's not exactly a nice thing to do. So I mm. don't know, it was interesting that FTR were like finally like, do you know what, we're the bad guys. Um and I don't know, I feel like it was a little bit too little too late because mm. it could have been a fantastic opportunity to have FTR as the proper heels, Young Bucks as the proper faces, but it just felt I don't know, it felt a bit for me. Um yeah. It wasn't good. Um yeah, so 
that was good. They picked up the win. Um, FTR beat them down after the match. Um, and then they were about to get uh, Matney uh, in a chair and take him out fully. And Do then they come down and follow. I must admit, I wasn't over on them doing that. I didn't think that was in keeping with FTR. Well, no, same. Because for me, FTR were like, we are going to prove we're the better tag team. And yeah. that was the whole build for this whole thing. So I don't know what happened. And I don't know whether it's because like they're all the heel now or whatever. But something somewhere happened where that became less of a thing about just proving who was better, FTR or Young Bucks. And it was like, well, FTR are the heels now. So they're going to take them out. And like to your point, you wouldn't do that if you wanted to prove, do you know what? That's we the are thing, the, the better they... tag team. Yeah. And that's the way they've been selling it. So why would yeah. you debilitate one of them even more so that they have an excuse for why you beat them? Yeah, exactly. The only thing I can imagine is that the real life element has taken precedence and they've gone well we can't have him wrestle a hell of a match so we're gonna to have to put a reason in there mm. i don't know but it just seems a bit not in keeping with ftr yeah i, I was a bit mm. i don't know because like it didn't happen because hangman came out and stopped it so even though he he was suffering like he didn't to me, i think it was, anyway so it was and like, i take your point i think it was more to like i think they used it as a mechanism to draw attention to the knee like mm. he's already injured and they're gonna do this so that you won't forget that they're injured. Yeah. Cared about the fact that FTR wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, I think um, it just it was such a shame. I think to to see it go this route because the way it was built up and the way I wanted it to be built up was we're going to find out who's the best tag team and it wouldn't have had any of this shit. It wouldn't have had any of this like lame build in like the last few weeks. It, it just would have been we are finally going to see who is the best tag team. That's all it needed. Just like. Yeah. All it like yeah, but, yeah. No shit, just fists. <laughs> no shit, just fists. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna come on to that slogan in a bit. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, the next segment. Holy fucking promo. So, Mox <laughs> and Kingston, right? Yeah. So I mean, we've seen these guys go at it before. I've said for a while now that Mox, and I I was honest. I said Mox when he first came to AW was shit. He was a WWE. Like cast off because yeah. he couldn't break away from that whole like cartoony thing that we put in him. But I mean, like, it kind of makes a bit of sense. He spent like what nearly ten years doing that. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but then I feel like of late, he's just he's become something else, like a main event star in AW, and I can't pinpoint when that transition happened, but it happened, and you know his promo again was no different. He just. Like he captivates you, and you're just there going, "Oh, okay, okay, oh fucking hell, you're gonna do this to him!" Like, you, like you're like you, you're hanging on every word he says, and then you've got Kingston, who's like the other side of it, who again is a fantastic promo, and the pair of them are just there going in on each other, just saying like, "Well, do you know what? You know, you're a sellout, and I'm gonna prove to you that you know, you know, I might hate myself, whatever, but." I've got. To, I've done what I've had to do to get your belt. And Moxie's like, well, do you know what? I thought I had a friend in this business and you're not my friend anymore. Um, so do you know what? I'm going to prove to you that you think I'm a sellout. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you that I'm not. And you're going to say I quit. And, you know, what a shame. Everything you've been working to for the last 18 years is going to result in nothing. And it's like, like sometimes it's something so raw and like, oh, fuck, like that you can yeah. get behind. It's just so much better than like any kind of fucking corny little reason for anyone to like have anything so for me that like the history of these two really came across in these promos and 
it yeah. really got me invested. No, I totally agree, and it's done wonders for Kingston. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know Kingston at King, Kingston. I didn't know Kingston at all. Um, so he's, he's really had to sell himself. Uh, it was Kofi's brother, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like for me, I'm like, this is this has done. It it does really good work for Mox. It's another good feud for Mox. Um, but this promo did wonders for Kingston. Like uh, I'm actually invested him to the point that I'm. I would be happy if he won. And we don't know yet. We have to watch full gear. But I would be happy if he won. Sorry, it's got something. Else. That's that's cool. It happens. It happens. <clears throat> um. Anyway. Um. So yeah. And then the final highlight of the night. So we got to see Pack. Um. And do you know what? Guess who's Pack? Pack again. Pack is back. Pack a friend. What? Um. Yeah. So you know, great to see him. Um. Obviously, he's one of my favorite guys in AW, and obviously, I feel really bad for him because it's not his own, you know, decision not to be there in the company. It's you know, yeah. by all accounts, all sections, right? but they can't get him back. Um, so it's one of them. Like I don't know. I was I started to think he was the man that AW forgot. He terrible, <laughs> fucking terrible. You should be ashamed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good to see uh, him like be back and do like. You know, a much needed promo and hear from him um, and see kind of the fact that he's even more of a psycho. You know, he was a bastard, but now he's a bit more of a psycho and yeah. the whole isolation thing really taking his toll on him. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really good and nice. Like, it's yeah. crazy, really, when you think about it, the, the amount of talent who AW has that can't be on the shows and yet it's still so good. So, yeah. That's the crazy thing when you look at, you get reminded sometimes of the limited roster they're working with and you go, yeah. oh, they are doing really well. But um, I think uh, I look forward to us doing a, a more in-depth look at what Pac could potentially do when he returns to AEW in our segment, Pac to the Future. T-shirts, so, man. You're making so, so much work for me to have to come up with these things. Will you stop it? Stop being so witty. Stop coming up with all these catchphrases. Jesus. Bad dad puns, man. Think. That's what, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the slogan for that one? What was what? Dad pun for days. What was it? Dad, dad puns for days. Something like that. Uh, I might have said dad jokes, but it's the same thing. Dad jokes it is. There you go. Yeah, that works. Um, okay, so there were the highlights. Unfortunately, I've actually got three separate O-shites, which is a rarity for an AW show. But I'm going to breeze through them because we've spent enough time talking about precursor to a pay-per-view. So, O-shites, Jericho and commentary was shit, right? Really bad. And Unusually so. Surprised the fuck out of me how bad he was. Mm. And then studying it. He basically was reading it word for word, um, which just I think, phone in this week. <clears throat> well, yeah, which I think. Do you know what? It's fine to have like cues and stuff. Like we use it on this show, don't we? Like we've got a document. We'll populate it and we'll have a yes. couple of little words or whatever, and we'll like. <laughs> Anthony says, "Yeah, sorry, um, yeah." So definitely not line for line or anything. No. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> we would really struggle doing line for line. Like we need jumping off points, don't we? But we yeah. would really struggle like reading from it. I would stumble more reading from a script. And I stumble as it is. So. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm old now, guys. You know, I really am. And my memory isn't a thing anymore, really. It's not, I'm not even going to say it's like worse than what it once was. It's just not even a thing anymore. I just don't remember things. I just don't. I'm old. Um, so I like to kind uh, of. He tells the truth, man. He's not even wearing pants right now. He forgot. Who are you? Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I like to. Um, I like to kind of comment a little bit more around what it what, what happened in order to remember it. Um, but yeah, like for Jericho, for some reason he was just he was fucking studying that monitor, and it, it just felt so fake and disjointed, and like he was literally reading it line for line and didn't know what he was going to say, and he was just like, uh, uh, "Yeah, uh, Shivani out." 
would uh, would yeah, uh, and like you could see like the camera zoomed in on him several times. He was there, just like look, trying to read the monitor. You wonder like, what's gone on there because he we know for a fact that he's mm. awesome on commentary. He so was very weird. Very, very. It wasn't weird. like you say. It wasn't organic. No, and it wasn't Jericho. No, he's having a crazy few weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely strange to have him as a low life of commentary. Um, mm. But yeah, it was not good. Um, then we got Nyla Rose versus Velvet and or Red Velvet, and yeah, it wasn't really a squash, but at the same time, it was it was easy. Um, mm. The problem I've got, and I know we spoke about this in the news a little bit, but. They still haven't explained why Nyla Rose is the number one contender. Like, I get that, you know, she's a monster and whatever, but we haven't really seen her wrestle in ages. And I, I know think, it was a close contest with her and Sheeta in the first place, but I just don't really get it. I think this is some of the trouble for me with this. Like, she's not been around, understandably, but then she comes back and we're meant to forget that, are we? Like, they could have even worked at it. Like, any, anyone else, we could have worked that in. Like, if Taz was her manager, we could have worked that in and said, okay, she's not had to be here for a while, but she's still not done with Sheeta, et cetera. So they could have done some sort of promo to cover this, but there's not really a lot of reason. Like, why is she number one contender? Just because there's no other women there. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, she's For me, she's not been on screen in ages. You kind of need to do some work with that. And I get why she's not been on screen. I'm not being unfair, but, you know, something. But again, it's been mentioned in the news that maybe they didn't <laughs> concentrate enough on the women's division. Well, maybe, but yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose it speaks volumes, the fact that there was no bill for this, because I feel like they were just like, well, who's going to face Shia? And I was like, mm, I don't know, Nyla again? So, I was quite yeah. surprised to see Nyla back, because isn't she like in some sort of vulnerable category, like COVID-wise, and that's why she hasn't been around? No idea, honestly, don't know. I kind of lose track. Okay, I thought you told <laughs> no. me. Maybe. No, didn't happen. I don't know. I mean, I am Eddie Guerrero's cousin, so I lie. I cheat a steal. Oh, I was like, and the lie was Chavo? that I'm Eddie Guerrero's cousin. Chavo? Is that you? Oh, damn it. You're on to me. I've got the, the goatee and everything. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, the Oshite was the main event because, like, the go-home show to the pay-per-view and your main event is fucking the Dark Order taking on Cody and the Gun Club. Like, it did fuck all for anybody. And to have that as your main event... Like, I'm quite impassioned about this, really, because... Mm. You know what? It's very rare I go off on AEW. What a fucking stupid decision that was. Why would you go on the go-home show to your pay-per-view and have Cody Rhodes and the Gun Club taking on the Dark Order? It made zero sense. And then I guess it was all for the build-up towards the post-match promo, which was solid because it's Cody Rhodes and he does a solid promo. Don't get me wrong. But Darby Allen was just sat there in the audience just like... Mm. Thinking about skating later. Mm. And it was just like, well, okay. <laughs> so it just, was that the main event, really? Like, it was awful. Like, a terrible main event. Um, I mean, it, to be honest, on paper, it sounded really good. Like, Cody comes out with two guns. You're like, wow, what's going to happen here? It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, not yeah, what I thought. Shame. Um, but yeah, so for that reason, that reason alone, I think for a go-home show, for a pay-per-view, there was some good bits, don't get me wrong. Like, as the always isn't dynamite, but... This is one of the weakest shows for a while, especially for like a go home. So for me, I, I can't give it more than two and a half. Hopefully that like helps you understand why I couldn't give NXT a two and a half because don't get me wrong, Dynamite is still far superior to NXT. But um, yeah, I don't know, two and a half for me because there was a lot of things wrong with this ahead of a, 
like a major pay per view as well. Um, yeah, yeah it just didn't feel like a dynamite show. I, I do agree with a lot of your sentiments, Carl. In a very slight dispute to to your point, um, I actually don't think it was miles better than NXT. Not this week. Uh, to the point that for me, I would give it a two and a half as well. But bearing in mind that I gave the same to NXT, I think they were fairly level playing fields when it comes to some stuff worked and some stuff didn't. No, I think it's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna, I'm still going to change my score because no, I get that. NXT. I'm just saying, um, like for but... me, for me, like I, normally I would 100% agree with you. Normally that it's miles better than NXT, but this is actually two weeks now in a row where I've put them on par. Mm. NXT's never been better since we started doing this um, podcast. It's never been better than Dynamite, but this is the first couple of weeks for me where it's been the same. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Halloween Havoc was fantastic for NXT. Um, yes, and was you know by all accounts outperformed AEW in the ratings and everything. So fair play yes. to them. I think for me, this I don't know. It just NXT this week didn't didn't do enough to make it on par for me. Um, but yeah. I at the same time, I, I, I didn't. See... I actually didn't mention it when I was covering NXT, but I am starting to like Johnny Gargano as well, which is probably helping because some of the things that really bug me about NXT are starting to disappear. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. No, Gargano is a beast. Um, yeah. I, def- I, I just think his uh, his weird little character dynamic he's got going at the minute is uh, yeah definitely fun to watch. But yeah. I love it because he, he never played a good serious heel when I first started covering NXT, and it was him going up against Tommaso, and they're both just bad guys who hate each other, and it's like. I wasn't sold, but now he's a bit more of a goofy heel. I, I enjoy it. He's got he's actually quite funny. So mm-hmm. again, not to start talking about NXT, um, but the reason that I think NXT is improving anyway. But the, yeah, for me they were very similar this week. So, so Anthony, the final television show of the week. Don't want it. Is Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Oh, oh we no. just do full gear. Oh no. <laughs> so, right, so, all right, let's talk about SmackDown. So in a strange um, decision. We open the night with Banks versus Bailey 2. Even Banksier than the last one. <laughs> All right. Um, so we had a rematch for the women's title opening the show. Interesting. Naturally, Banks won because she's not going to drop the title straight after the pit. That wouldn't happen to her, would it? Anyway, um, we then have a sort of a interview promo segment with Jey Uso backstage, uh, which we will talk about a little bit more. It's definitely my highlights, I'll say that much. Uh, we had a match between Rey Mysterio and Baron Corbin, uh, another qualifier match for the Survivor Series team, with uh, Baron Corbin taking the win. We had Ruby Riot going up against Selena, going up against Natalia, with Ruby Riot taking the win, and this was another uh, Survivor Series qualifier. We had Otis going up against Seth Rollins. I hope it was a Survivor Series qualifier, because otherwise it made no fucking sense, uh, with Rollins taking the win. And we had Kevin Owens taking on Jay Uso. And I failed to write down who won, but I know it, luckily, it was Jay Uso. And that's the card, Carl. That's the card. So, as far as highlights go, I kind of only have one. And the entire highlight is based around Roman Reigns. And who would have thought, when we started doing this podcast, and most of the time I'd moan about the man, that that's what I'd be saying right now. I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong. And... I don't think I'm truly wrong in that sense because he wasn't being booked well when I was complaining about him. And I've always stressed, we only complain about the character. The work they're doing now is fantastic. Um, they open the night, uh, or the, the open promo, Jey Uso is being asked about um, everything he did to Daniel Bryan last week. Um, and he's he's having this interview with, I think it was Kayla Braxton or whoever does the backstage interviews, SmackDown now, um, and was interrupted by Paul Heyman and was like, it just showed you the, the sort of control Roman's keeping on him because um, basically... Roman hadn't authorized this interview. So 
he had to have words with Jay and Paul Heyman sort of intervened and, and spoke to him about it. Uh, we then had them talking about the, the Kevin Owens problem because um, Jay, oh, Kevin Owens has sort of disrespected Jay and, and um, Roman, so this led to the, pay, the main event. Um, Jay doing everything he could to take out Kevin Owens in the match and then ultimately having um, Roman's music hit being the thing that caused the distraction for the win. Everything just worked so seamlessly and did really well for pushing you know, the tribal chief as, as the boss and again, pushing this um, reluctant heel thing with Jay, which I, I do enjoy. It's like, you know, he's a bad guy because he has to, he has to follow the blood, you know, blood's thicker than water and all that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, I, I couldn't be happier with the way they're doing the storyline. I think it's some of the best work WWE have done in a while. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I agree on the most part. I think the thing that seems still a bit strange to me is the fact that it is Roman and, Jay Uso, or Jimmy Uso, where the fuck it is. Um, yeah, I just, hey, Jay. Jimmy's out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think it's good. Obviously, everything that's happened and stuff, and like the family and all that kind of thing. But I don't know. I think what's going to happen when Jimmy comes back, because that's still to be decided. But, you know, don't get me wrong. I think the stuff with uh, Heyman, where he's like, well, has, uh, has Roman uh, approved this? And stuff? Like, that was that was epic, and it was... Uh, you know, obviously, Kevin Owens being like, "Oh, well, apparently you're just going to get him coffee now and stuff," and it was, it was a bit like, "Oh, okay." Um, so he seems very conflicted, shall we say? Which, as you know, you would be if uh, you just lost a bet almost to be put your cousin ahead of you. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm quietly hopeful, right? That we're ultimately going to get like Jimmy. It hopefully is a quicker program, but Jimmy's going to come back and fall in line. Maybe with some reluctance, maybe a match or two. Nothing as long as we had with Jay, but Jimmy's going to come back and fall in line. And then we're going to have this little faction built up. And then we're ultimately, and I really sincerely at this point now, I hope we get it where we get The Rock, you know, being the one who maybe comes in to try and deal with, with the, the, the the way Roman is now and the, mm. what he's doing to the family. Um, and I'll be honest, I kind of want The Rock to lose if they do do that as well. Yeah. Nothing to get Roman over more, would it? Let's be honest. Being that heel and getting that kind of heat. True. For me, True. in my mind, it would work really well if he's still playing the heel character at that point. And, you know, this is sort of fantasy booking because I don't know if The Rock would even have the time at the minute for that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it kind of makes sense when we're looking at the family line and who else is going to rival the tribal chief within the family. I mean, it's building nicely to that, isn't it? But I think mm. everything going on in the world right now, do you think The Rock will be available for WrestleMania Hollywood if there's no fans in attendance? I mean, The Rock, and it's Hollywood-themed, and we've got a vaccine coming in December, apparently. Mm. You never know. I, we can always dream. I mean, I would the love Rock to could see come Rock. Back, and so and could the millions Roman. and millions of The Rock's fans. <laughs> I would love to see Rock and Roman. And I think, you know, obviously, The Rock doesn't need to go over, does he? But at the same time, I think if Reigns is going to go over, he's going to have to be committed to being that heel. Whereas I feel at the minute, he's like, he's acting a heel, but is he going to be a heel for the long run? That's the thing that's still... Mm. I think he's playing this nice guy, but deep down evil guy way too well to pull away from it anytime soon, to be honest. Yeah. Like the way he is with Jimmy, he's like, I love you, we're family, but really he's an absolute evil bastard. Like he's doing it too well. Um, so he needs to stay heel for a good while for me. And I don't, I hope they don't sort of go right. So we did a, we did the heel thing you've all been asking for. Can we do the face thing again? No, sells more merch. I hope <laughs> they don't do that. Well, I mean, it's WWE, so... Definitely going to happen at some point. So, um, 
I'll move on to Miyoshite's call because that was my only highlight. I mean, it was a couple of different instances in the night, but everything they did with that that build around the Tribal Chief and Jay and Kevin Owens match, all really good stuff. Um, as for Miyoshite's call, um, obviously the opener, Bailey versus Banks 2. Um, as these things tend to go, wasn't as good as Bailey versus Banks 1. Um, and then we, we have the end of the match. Banks obviously won. Um, and we have Carmella come out land banks and make it clear that she wants to go for the their belt now i'm not trying to moan here carl and i'm hoping you might be able to even potentially clarify this for me but other than like wearing like a pvc suit of some sort what has carmella changed gimmick wise yeah i'm not sure to be honest because um... everyone's like oh it's a real change in character in what way mm. everyone changes the clothes i mean i suppose she's coming across more heel but i don't think it Links in with the whole vignettes that we had with, uh, you know, un- untouchable and I'm going to wear no clothes kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, other than the fact that, like, I don't think a character change seems to have been significant enough to merit, like, a what, month's worth of fucking videos. Just, who's coming? Who's arriving? It's going to be it's gonna be a big surprise. Ends up being Carmella in a different outfit. That was that was worth the wait. Um, mm. But other than that, and I mentioned it before, so I'm not going to harp on too much, but... Why is it Carmella? No offense, Carmella, but like your history with WWE on the main roster has been jobbing out to people. So why are we meant to even believe you're a realistic threat? Why can you come in and challenge straight away? I don't know, other than pissing her off, so she might want to have a match with you. And for me, if you're going to give someone a singles push and you're going to try and build them to a singles push, why not move that person, that certain Peyton Royce, to SmackDown as part of the draft pick and have her go up against her? Exact same position as Carmella. Come out and lay your claim. Would have worked better. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I don't know. I'm not as uh, I'm not I'm not as against it as you are. I think um, I don't want to see Sasha Bailey. <laughs> I don't want to see Sasha Bailey anymore. I think the match they put on on SmackDown was fantastic. Um, it was definitely the highlight of the show for me. Um, but they certainly weren't as strong as the pay per view match, though. No, definitely not. But um, obviously, whenever these two get together, um, and I think it had the additional kind of grandeur to it that well, do you know what? Sasha's never fucking defended a belt before in her life. So it's kind of like, is it going to be the same again? Um, so there was that whole story as well, which kind of got me a bit invested. But yeah, I think for Carmella, you know, from a character standpoint, is she anything new or fresh? No. Is she slightly different to what she was before? Maybe. But at the same time, she is a way to transition Banks away from Bailey, at least in the short term. And I don't know, if they build it right and if they, you know, you know, this is the first time we saw Carmella since the, the promos, isn't it? And she'd come out, state the claim, she wants the belt, and fucked off. And I don't mind that. You're like, if she would have come out and been like, I'm the fucking queen of Staten Island, and, you know, I'm no different, but now I, I, I'm untouchable on a mirror, then, okay, I would have been a bit more annoyed. But she's come yeah. out, beat her up, fucked off, and it's like, okay. So I can get behind it, but I think it's going to depend heavily on where they go from here. Well, the only thing I can hope, and this is an unusual thing to hope because normally I moan about feuds not getting anywhere, but um, I hope that she has some really good matches over the next few weeks that prove that she can have some dominance because I don't, her going up against Banks in a match too soon now would just make me go, well, she's going to lose. Oh, that's that then. But um, yeah, I'm not sold on it, but whatever. You're entitled to your opinion, Carl. <laughs> um, so, Carl, this is one we can definitely agree on, right? Everything everything, every part of this night, and sadly there was many parts of this night that involved Rey Mysterio or Seth Rollins 
or Dominic or Aaliyah or Murphy or anything to do with that fucking clusterfuck of a storyline was just awful. And now we're including Baron Corbin, we're including Otis as well, because there was just weren't enough people involved in all this. But, no, joking aside, obviously, Rollins distracted Ray, Ray got his own back in some way. Then we have, is Murphy truly betraying Rollins? Why did he help him? Ooh, who knows? I'm like, I don't care. Just let it go. Sick of this shit. Ray finally is back in the ring. We had him up against Baron Corbin. It was actually not a bad match. Nah, let's have some shenanigans. Just waste of waste of energy. And we've never been overly enamored on this whole storyline anyway. But now they're trying to... like, What was this whole thing with the, uh, Buddy sort of he- helping Seth win? Well, apparently it's for the greater good, Anthony. And he knows what he's doing. So... It just, I don't know. Like, for oh, me, Anthony, it's for the greater good, and he knows what he's doing. But they haven't even got, like, Ray and Dominic on side with Buddy yet, and now they're throwing doubts in there as well. Like, shouldn't that have been done when he's, like, part of the family or whatever you're doing? I, I don't even know. Stupid. whole thing's stupid. Speaking of stupid, my last um, O'Shite, Carl, is just having another interview with, uh, with Lars, or the Freak, or Sullivan, or whatever they want to call him this time. Um... I just don't, I don't get what they want with this. I really don't get what they like. They're doing a fantastic job of making the character of the freak or Lars Sullivan just as unlikable as the real person, right? It was just a total mess in some senses. Like they, they carry on with essentially the same story we've already got in a way, and the same idea we've got where he's a freak and he beats people up and may have killed people. We're not too sure. Um, and I think this week he, he referred to them making them eat stuff and laughing. And you're like, the fuck is this? Like, why has he stopped having matches? He only had like three. Mm. So, yeah, whole thing with uh, with the interview with Lars. And I hope we're not going to keep getting these interviews. Put him back in the ring, for God's sake. I mean, is that much better? <laughs> it, it, it's not much worse. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that, that was the last O'Shai call. So it wasn't not a particularly eventful SmackDown, not a particularly offensive SmackDown either. But, um, I mean, for me, I'd probably, I'm going to be fair, it had a, a couple of good matches. I enjoyed the Roman stuff. Um, a bit annoyed with the finish to a couple of matches because they looked like they were going to be good and it didn't work out, a la um, Rey Mysterio Corbin. Um, I think I'd give it a two. Do you know what? Surprisingly, I will agree. Um, I thought the Sasha Bailey match was really good. Um, I thought... The other women's match was quite good as well. Ruby, Selena, Natalia. I thought the finish. I probably should have moaned about that. The only issue I had with that one was the fact that Natalia was in it again. Yeah. Like, lose your first chance, just get another one. Who cares? I mean, it's it's no surprise that they've not known what to do with Natalia for a while now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought the finish was clever. I think the fact that Natalia had the sharpshooter and then Ruby Riot came in with the crossface or whatever the fuck she put on or the arm bar, whatever it was, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalia's like, well, what, what's going on? And like, breaks the hold, and then all of a sudden there's a tap. I don't know, I thought it was clever. I thought it was different. Um, yeah. No, it's, I say it wasn't a bad match. The, the main bugbear for me was just that Natalia lost last week, so didn't mm. qualify, but can just have another attempt. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, they've, okay. they've fucking got no one, though, have they? <laughs> exactly, there's no roster, so they have to. But uh, no, you're quite right. I think it was the crossface, wasn't it? Mm. Ruby was doing. But um, yeah, no, I'll give you that. And I, I failed to mention it, but again... Didn't really hit a highlight for me, but it was good. It was a good match. Uh-huh. There you go. Two's all round. 